man, it's just one of those projects where you want to get done with it as soon as you can, but it still needs to be done. It's a lot of time, so I really appreciate the church allowing me to have some time to go do that and get it done. And it'll be off my plate. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 20. Uh, it's a good passage here that we're going to be looking at today. and uh, We're all the same, no matter how you look at it. Uh, each and every one of us, uh, we all got issues. Uh, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. So I want to preface this, this portion of it by just that way. I mean, you can't look at anybody at any given time. Uh, what a blessing is, is that the Lord knows. The Lord knows. Father, thank you for your blessing this morning. I thank you for all the, the people that turned out. Lord, I pray for those that's on their way here or those that's watching from home. Uh, Lord, that you just bless them this morning. And Lord, that you'd give us something out of your precious book. And we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' name. Amen. Abraham, Abraham's down in, in a year where he shouldn't be. Uh, he's done some things he shouldn't have done. And down in verse 8, we, we got to verse 8. Uh, therefore, Abimelech, Abimelech was kind of suckered into this thing. Uh, Sarah lied. Abraham lied and put Abimelech in a very bad position. Verse 8 says, Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told these things in their ears. He told them what God had done. God woke him up in the middle of the night and said, Abimelech, you're but a dead man. And Abimelech hadn't done anything. Isn't it strange? Sometimes you get blamed for something. You ever been blamed for something you have never done? Or you didn't do or you didn't think you did anything? And uh, innocence is no excuse uh, when it comes to God. Sometimes... You can get nailed for just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I had a police officer pull me over one time, and, and I watched him for a long time. I was driving down. I can still see it in the back of my head, man. I have my little 62 Chevy, you know, when I'm cruising down Preston Highway, and, and there's five cops, four or five cops behind me. And I'm like, man, they're going to pull me over, and they're going to tear my car apart again. So I pull into Maryville Drive, and all five go right behind us. Oh, man, they're after me. They're after me. I'm driving the speed limit. I'm doing everything I can. And I get all the way back to uh, the, the plat in the back of the, the, the one I lived in. They built this whole new section. I said, man, if I just get there and turn right or left, then they'll all go straight or something. Or I'll lose them somewhere between there and here. They'll turn somewhere else. And they never did. Uh, I turn, and they boom, 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 right behind me. And then uh, I go down. I said, man, I'm going down to court down here. There's no possible way they could be going. To, I'm going to turn left on this court. There is nobody else. There's like 10 houses on this court. There's no way they're going to. And I turn on that court, and boom, 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 all five of them come in there. I pull in the driveway and say, man, if I can just get to the driveway, I'll actually pull in the yard. And I'm thinking, I'm safe. And come to find out, they were called out there to lock up everybody that's on the two properties, the house that I pulled into and the house next to it. And the guy looked at me and said, you know, we followed you all the way back here. I said, yeah. He goes, you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he locked me up. You say, why? Because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I was innocent. <laughs> I was innocent. I wasn't even, didn't have to be proved guilty. I was innocent. But they had a... a uh, a warrant to lock everybody up, and I pulled on the property. You go away with everybody else. Uh, sometimes you get exactly that. So what's happening to Abimelech here? It says uh, Abimelech, uh, and it says all the men were so afraid. Uh, mankind still has a moral part of them, a moral bone to them. Uh, in the days of Noah, uh, when the Lord finally got done with that, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, we're rapidly moving to that. And once you get into the tribulation, you'll read the passages there. And everybody in the tribulation, uh, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people come out of it, but there's a bunch of people that just hate God. They don't want nothing to do with God, and there's no turning back their hearts. Then Abimelech, then Abimelech called Abraham and said, what has thou done unto us? Uh, you know, sometimes we do things to other people that, that uh, because of our own foolishness that we don't think of what we're doing. Here's Abraham, 
a friend of God. Now, Abraham is just like the rest of us. We all mess up. Uh, Abraham never gets that thing right here. He never does. And a lot of people never get the thing right in their lives either. Uh, if you do something wrong, the best thing you do is go to the person, get the thing right, and move on. That's all you can do. Abraham never does that. Abimelech says, what has thou done unto us? That's a great question. Why did you do this to me, man? I had a, I got a, so I was getting a good night's sleep, and all of a sudden, this, I had this dream. And he said, I had a dream. And uh, it was God. God said, I'm going to kill you, man, if you touch that woman. Abraham and Sarah are both in cahoots. You ever had your wife lie for you? Some of you guys aren't laughing. How come you're not laughing? Because you have. <laughs> don't tell them I'm here. No, don't wake me up. Beth, Beth always, if I'm asleep, she won't wake me up. Uh, but if I'm awake, that phone's going in my hand. She'll answer it. I just, don't answer that phone. She'll answer it anyways. But if I'm asleep, you know, that's a good wife. She'll leave me asleep. Uh, but what has thou done unto us? He's going back to Abraham and said, why did you do this to me? We're talking about God, the God of the universe, the God who created everything. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me, and he messed up my whole house, all because of what you did. And what have I done, What have I? and what have I offended thee? He, he goes on to that same thing. He goes, Abimelech called Abraham, said unto him, Thou hast brought upon me and my kingdom a great sin. Uh, sometimes we do stuff to other people, and we cause them to mess up. Uh, the Bible's clear on a lot of that stuff. Abstain from all appearances of evil. You're supposed to actively try to find out what God wants. Now, brother, I'm going to tell you, uh, I've, been, I've been in this thing for 42 years, and I've been around preaching for 42 years. And I've heard just about every sermon you could possibly have in 42 years. I've heard them all. Uh, just about any, any subject, any topic, any way you want to preach that thing. And I'm telling you what the problem is, is we won't do what we hear. Uh, and, and really where the problem all lies is you won't do or I won't do what the Bible tells me to do. I'm supposed to be reading my Bible. You know how you get fed? That book. There's no possible way you're going to get fed on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, there's no possible way you'll get fed. You will get, you'll starve yourself to death if all you're getting is Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. That's it. If that's it, if you have no other time with God, that's all you have. You say, why, why would you say that? Well, because that's what the world does. I was in a room the other day, with, yesterday with some people. And uh, I tried to get out of it any way I could, but I couldn't. So I went anyways. And it's good. It was good. Uh, but everybody's worried about Biden. And everybody's worried about, and they're, and they're all saying, look, look what's happening, man. The, the, the courts are turning Roe versus Wade over. And they were all excited about that. I was like, why are you excited about that? I said, there's something, there's a reason why they're doing it. There's money the other side. <laughs> when it doesn't make sense, there's a, a buck in it. And they're doing something behind the scenes that you can't figure out what it is. And you'll never know what it is up there. It's like, like selling your stuff to China and then sit, telling everybody you didn't when all the stuff is there. Destroying your heart, how about acid flushing all your hard drives and stuff like Hillary did. There's something there that they're doing. I don't trust none of them. I don't trust the local government. I don't trust any of them because you can't trust them. When, when you put man, just like Abraham, when you put man and women into a place where they shouldn't be, they'll mess up every time. You should never, I mean, I can't even imagine Abraham letting his wife go into a place where a guy's at. That just doesn't make no sense to me. Uh, it, there's a danger there. There's a danger. In a matter of time, there's a danger. Abraham, number one, never asked God. I'll get into that in a few minutes here, but he never asked God anything. He's up on the side of the mountain talking to the Lord. Lord, if, if there's 50 righteous in Sodom, would you destroy for 50? No, not for 50. I mean, he's carrying on a conversation with him all the way down until he gets to 10. And then he never says, should I go on down to Gerar? Never ask. 
you know why? Because Abraham was going to do what he wanted to do, and it didn't really matter. Now, I mean, he could have seen Sodom go up in smoke and Gomorrah go up in smoke and all the other planes of the cities of the plain go up in smoke and got a little scared, which is okay. I understand that. He's still a friend of God. God loves him. But Abraham's getting ready to do something here that could affect a lot of people just like Adam did something. Adam and Eve ate a piece of fruit, and that's affected everybody from that day forward. Coming down the bloodline of Abraham is Jesus Christ, and Sarah is part of that bloodline. And something that Adam is doing or Abraham's doing right here is going to affect that bloodline, or could. He says, Thou hast has brought a great sin. Has called, that has brought on me and my kingdom a great sin. Uh, adultery is a great sin. It's a great sin. Uh, God, in the Old Testament, they killed him. Uh, Jesus Christ in the New Testament caught the woman in adultery in the very act. And he let her go because they didn't bring the other guy with him and uh, with her. And they were trying to blame her for everything. And he knew their sin was just as great on the other side. And on, on, when it gets to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're talking about grace and mercy. And he's the author of grace and mercy. So he could do whatever he wants. But in the Old Testament, he took him out and stoned him. Uh, that was it. Just bottom line. David should have been taken out and stoned. Him and Bathsheba both, but the Lord forgave him. Uh, and thou hast brought on me and my kingdom a great sin. Abraham failed to take into account what he was going to do to somebody else about his actions. When you do something, as a Christian, when you do something, you ought to stop and think, what am I doing and what effect is this having on somebody else? Because if I'm affecting somebody else and causing them to fall, God is going to hold me accountable. But on the other hand, that other person could die because of, of my actions. I tell you, it's a great thing. I've been doing this for 42 years. And I've been watching everything I can do, but I've, I've messed up. And you could probably sit down and write a book and say, well, Mike, you messed up here. Mike, you messed up. Yeah, but I've tried. Have you? When I mess up, I go to the person, look, I messed up. I know I've messed up. And, and you get that thing under the blood and you move on. I've been doing that for 42 years. And I've watched people who don't care. And I've watched other people just get destroyed. I can name names right now, people who have destroyed other people, and to this day they don't think they've done a thing wrong. And it, it's like as obvious as the nose is on their face. If they look in a the mirror, they'll see it. He's in there saying, Abraham failed to take an account. He almost caused the whole nation to be cursed by God, and they didn't even know it. All they did is what they always did. Here's a girl. She says she's single. She says she's not married to him. He's my brother. She didn't say I'm not married to him, but she kind of deceived him. Uh, all because of a couple little things. He got fear. Fear got the best of Abraham. You ever get a problem with fear? Where all of a sudden you're scared? I, I was uh, listening to Jesse back here the other day, and she was saying that she, you know, and she's my daughter, man, so I, I was, I was, I was kind of compassionate toward her. I could have held her down a little bit longer than I did. Uh, but when she said that she feared a couple times, and I don't know how long that was, uh, going to sleep at night and, and afraid she's going to go to hell, I thought about that thing and said, Lord, I can't ever remember me ever doing that. I said, I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I was going to go to hell. So, I mean, it was pretty basic to me. I mean, it's, I was just looking for a loophole, and I was studying to show thyself approved unto God, a worker that need not be shame, rightly finding a way out of hell is what I was trying to do. I was just trying to find a way out. And that's where I spent all my time, night after night, and my mind would just roll around, but it wasn't fear. And the night I got up out of, out of my bed and went out there on the back porch, it wasn't fear. I just knew the Lord was talking to me, and I, I couldn't go back to sleep, so I went out there and sat on the porch, and me and him just started talking. Next thing I know, I get saved. And I hear that, and I said, how many people out there? I talked to my mom. She's scared all the time. Uh, Y'all pray for the, all those people down in Kentucky. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a terrible thing. That tornado went down through there, 235 miles worth of destruction on that tornado. 
There was like four at the very top, four little ones, three other little ones up there at the top. I don't know how little they were, but uh, this one, I mean, it just devastated everything. It hit that uh, uh, candle factory down there, and uh, the governor said, oh, well, there's 110 people in it, and we think at least 50 are dead. I don't see how anybody can survive that thing. I looked at the pictures. That building's gone. I mean, there's nothing left of that building. And, uh, I mean, you just think about it. There's only like 9,800 people in that city, and 100 people out of that, 110 people out of that, uh, that's, that's a, quite a chunk of people out of that. And there's going to be a lot of hurt and pain going on down there right now. Y'all just pray the Lord gets down there. And you're still down in the south, man. Some of those people are really nice people. Good, good, solid people. Uh, country people. I mean, it's just, it's just a sad thing to hear. Uh, but, but he didn't care. Abraham got, fear got a hold of him. My mom was worried. worried. I called her up. There's going to be a tornado someplace. Okay. There's a hurricane probably someplace too. Uh, there's a brick falling out of the sky someplace hitting somebody in the head. Somebody somewhere, and they said every, somebody told me the other day that announced like every two every second dies. So every time you snap your finger, one, two, three, two people just died every time you snap your finger on this planet somewhere. And it's, you, you sit there, it's a point that a man wants to die. And, and I, it's a good thing to fear. It's a healthy thing to fear. I mean, I think if you don't have no fear, you're crazy. Uh, you ought to be f fearful of some things. Uh, but we're in a society where they, they've removed all fear. But, boy, there are some people that are just scared to death. And she, she laid up all night. My mom did. Uh, she said she stayed up two hours to two or three in the morning, uh, afraid that tornado. Every time a tornado, she hears it anywhere. It could be in Arkansas, and she thinks she's going to get hit with it. And she's sitting there scared to death. I just, that, that kind of fear, just I never understood it. Uh, and it's not that I don't get scared. I am very cautious on what I do in a lot of things. And I've had people get mad at me because I am cautious because I, th I think my way through a process and I'm like, you got to do this, 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 and this, or that's going to, anything can happen, but at least I think myself through the process so I have a kind of a plan in my head how it's going to work out. And it's going to work out. I, I'm telling you, it's just fear, fear, when you see it in somebody's eyes, is something that they can't control. And Abraham, he feared Abimelech. But, but I had a couple of little notes here. He says, what are you doing there in the first place? <laughs> If you're fearing for your family, if you're fearing for your wife, why are you taking her to that place anyways? Abraham, in this chapter, you know, it's, it's almost like us today. Uh, we do things and we make decisions based on what we feel or we think we should do. And God's nowhere near the thing. And we never ask him. And it's like, uh, where's your relationship with God? And I'm telling you, the whole thing is relationship. And if you can't get into this book, you're not going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night is the only time you come in to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be anemic. I mean, you can't do that. I've been reading this book for 42 years, and in the last six or seven, maybe eight, Lord's got me reading it twice a year. Uh, I think I'm going to go up to three times a year just to get more of it in my head. Uh, it's just you saturate yourself with this thing, and pretty soon it changes your life. You don't intend it to do that. Honestly, I'll tell you, you don't intend it to do it. But the thing gets in your mind and in your mind and in your mind, and then you go to do something wrong. It's like, ah, you, all of a sudden 47 verses pop into your head. And it's like, man, if I do that, he's going to hit me with a, a brick or car or truck or something. Something's going to happen. I went, at, I went home, uh, just to let you all know. Uh, I think, thanks, uh, Joe, for taking over uh, Wednesday night. I was coming back from Cincinnati. My wife called, Beth called, and said, hey, uh, we don't have any water in the house. And here's Esther. She has three tooth pulled, three wisdom teeth pulled, and she's got to flush her mouth out all the time, and there's no water in the house, and, and they can't take showers, can't do anything. Toilets are all backing up because we're on a well. So I get home, and, I, and 10 o'clock at night, long story short, I get the well out of the water. I had to go get parts. Thank God for Lowe's, man. They had everything. 
God had all got the well back in the water. And I was sitting there thinking, got water back on the house. And, and I remember Joe preaching pre about Dr. Ruckman one time had his Bible ate up by his dog coming. And somebody stood up in the crowd and said, hey, and I could, I could see that because I could see the crowd. I can still see the crowds. Uh, there's all kinds of people within that crowd. And uh, he said, Doc, did you praise God for the dog eating your Bible? Now, that's a wonder he didn't hit him with a brick or come down there and, and just trash all over him and sick the dog on him. Uh, but he stopped and looked at that thing and said, oh, bro, that's right. You're right, brother. I've got to pray. Well, I was thinking the other night when I put that well, and the last time I pulled that well out, there was a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And me and Beth pulled the well out that night, too. And I said, Lord, it was just about as cold tonight as it was then, but there's no snow. Thank you. <laughs> I said, yes, praise God, no snow, man. And then uh, I get a call that afternoon, and Esther's car is going to be like 2500 bucks, And so that was thrown in on top of that. And I'm like, are you trying to get me upset or something? I mean, exactly. Like, what are we doing here? And uh, so the next morning, I wake up, get ready to get my truck to drive off, and go, what's that smell? And I said, oh, man. I go out there, my sewer's backed up. So then I got a pump in the sewer. It went bad, too. So I'm sitting there going, is there anything possibly else that could break on this house while I'm here today? And, or is there anything else that go wrong? I, I just started saying, Lord, thank you, man. Thank you. 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 I said, I don't care what any, I'm just going to be thankful. I said, first of all, I got a house I can still come to. Uh, now I have water and sewer that works again. That's pretty cool. I got a driveway to pull in. I've actually got a truck and a car that I can leave with. I said, I'm pretty thankful. You know what? I think God sometimes does that stuff to you to, to see if you're thankful. Or you th I could be on the side of a corner somewhere like a homeless person and not have a thing. And, and he's taken care of me my whole life. I'm thankful for everything he's ever given me. I'm telling you, man, it's just you sit there and start losing that thankfulness. And then other things come in like fear. You know what? He, Abraham should have been thankful that he wasn't in Sodom. Yeah. And he was up on the side of the mountain and that the Lord came up here and talked to him. You would think that, hey, here he is talking, brethren, we're all the same. We're all the same. Man, you'll be on a mountain one day going, woohoo, yeah. And then the next day you're in a valley. And you're back up on the mountain, woohoo, yeah. And then you're, you're doing something stupid. And you wonder, what in the world was that? Have you ever done that? I don't know about you, but I'm like, Lord, what was it? I told you this morning, I said, Lord, I don't hide nothing from you. I said, you know everything I've done, everything. I've, I was right in front of you all the time. I keep it there. I said, I am just a moron. He goes, yep, you are. And I'm sitting there going, why? What is this? He goes, some men's sins go before and some comes after. And he goes, some judgment goes before and some comes after. He said, I'm just going to give you yours down there. Right now. So, so you're going to pay day someday. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. Somehow down the road, you're going to pay for it. Abraham, it's going to cost you, man. It's going to cost you what you're doing to Abimelech here. Abimelech's a good guy. I like Abimelech. Of all of them, Abimelech is a really, really good guy. Uh, he, he does some things, but uh, the, the, the crime here placed on him is adultery that he's being charged with, and he hadn't done anything. The Lord pulled him back from that thing. The sin was Abraham's for putting it onto him. And Abimelech uh, said unto Abram, What sawest thou that thou done this thing? Have you ever wondered why you do what you do? And if the person that you did it to walked up to you and said, What did you see in me that made you do that to me? I mean, what have I done that would make you do that to me? I, I don't understand what I did. Tell me what you did. Uh, you ever, you ever did a, had a deal with somebody and took advantage of them? I try not to do that. I really do. I just assume give somebody something because if I give it to you, you can't blame me. If I give it to you, it's yours. I mean, it's yours. If I lose out on something, I'd rather take the loss myself than have somebody else take Because it's just, I get, I get guilty about that stuff. Uh, I, I, I hate it, man. I mean, 
I, that's why I tried. I'm selling everything I got, so if, if I don't have nothing, I can't help nobody, but I'll figure some way of doing it. I know I will. I'll get a hold of Mike, man. Me and Mike, hey, Mike, you, you want to use your tools and come out and play? Uh, but when you sit there and look at that stuff, people, we do stuff to other people, and Abraham is doing something right here he shouldn't do, and that's a great question. Take your Bibles, go over to Luke 11. I'm going to read a verse here. You're talking about New Testament stuff that... It's all the same. People say, oh, well, you're in Genesis for 400 years. Well, fine. I got a Bible, man. It's been here six, uh, since 1611. A lot of other parts has been there for quite a while. It's, uh, this passage is also in uh, Matthew, but I like the way Luke did it. Since I can't change translations, I'll just train, change books. I like the way Luke says it better than Matthew. They're really both the same. Just, just a different take on it. Luke 11. Luke 11. Luke eleven thirty three. Jesus Christ is talking here. And he goes, he says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, you know what Abraham doing? He's putting his candle out. He says, No man, when he lighteth a candle, and the God lit his candle, Melchizedek come up and talk to him. I mean, here's here's Abraham out there, he done beats up three hundred men, goes out there and takes out five armies, and Melchizedek comes up to where I mean everybody's always, Who's Melchizedek? Is he this? Is he that? Is he that? Who cares who he is? I mean, he came up and talked to Abraham. That's 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 enough right there. Abraham had everything going for him. You know what happens to us? A lot of times we have everything going for us too. But just because you're doing, you mess up, don't quit. Just get up and go again. Thirty-three. No man, when he lighteth the candle, putteth it under, uh, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that uh, they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore. Uh, when thine eye is single, thy whole body is full of light. And when thine eye is evil, thy whole body is full of darkness. You know what's wrong with Abraham right now? He's full of darkness. He lied. He, he, set, he set this man up, and God almost killed him. Take heed, therefore, this is Jesus talking. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Uh, and there's a possibility of that. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, that, uh, the whole the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining uh, the bright shining of a candle uh, doth give light. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him uh, to dine with him, and he went in and sat down. You know why? Jesus is light. Abraham at this point is not light. Abimelech says says unto him, What sawest thou, Abraham? He saw darkness. Abraham saw fear. He saw there, like I said, there's, there's nothing wrong with being afraid. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but you should be able to work yourself through that fear. Uh, you should be able to manage it. Uh, if it comes up, I, I woke up one night a long time ago, and, and uh, it's hard to understand how somebody has a breathing problem, and, and you, you hear them say that, but unless you've experienced it, uh, there's no possible way. There's so many things that people experience in life that unless you've experienced it, you, there's no possible way you can even understand what they're going through. Yet we say, oh, I know what you're going through. Uh, I doubt it, really. Uh, but I was laying in bed one night, and I, I couldn't breathe. It was the middle of winter. And, and it wasn't very long, probably 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And, and uh, all of a sudden, the fear started coming over me like, man, I can't even imagine being in a place where you're just <gasps> gasping for air all the time. And so I go outside. It's winter. It's cold. And I start breathing. My lungs open up. And I'm sitting out there on the front porch. I said, Lord. I said, I don't know who in the world are going through issues right now, breathing and stuff, but I just started praying for anybody I could think of. And you say, why would you do that? Well, because he put me through something for just a minute to show me what some other people are going through that you may not ever even think about. I would have never known it to that day. 
You know what? You, you go through this thing over and over again, and you start seeing what people go through, and you never know what fear actually does. It, it, it secretes a chemical or something in our brains, and just all of a sudden it just starts taking over, and you got to grab that thing real quick and bring it back into check and hold it, and then, then reason yourself through what you're going through. Don't let fear take over. Abraham was willing to sacrifice Sarah, for Sarah was willing to do it, but Abraham was willing to sacrifice her, and he shouldn't. Abraham's little light wasn't shining very bright right about now. And Abraham said, verse 11, he, now he's going to try to justify himself. This is us too. <laughs> Isn't it amazing your Bible? I don't care whether you're in the New Testament, Old Testament, in the middle somewhere. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad he took the Apocrypha out because that is just like, I never did it. I tried to read the Apocrypha one time, could never even get to it. It just, none of that stuff made any sense. But the rest of my Bible, just about anywhere I go, makes sense to me. And Abraham said, because I thought, there's your problem. You thought. Uh, it wasn't because God said or because man said or, or because of this, because it is written uh, somewhere down there. Or, or my, no, no, it's because I thought. He says, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place. And they will slay me for my wife's sake. You ever went to witness somebody and didn't do it because you just think they didn't want, wouldn't take it anyways? How do you know that? Abimelech is probably more righteous than Abraham right here. Abimelech's got the right heart. Abimelech did what God said do. Abimelech could have just thrown God out the window and said, forget it, Pharaoh did. Abimelech didn't do it. Abimelech did exactly what the Lord said and, and recovered himself. Abraham, and I had my notes here, and I mentioned one of them a few minutes ago. What are you doing? I said, Abraham, what are you doing there in, if, if it's not safe for your family? What are you doing there? Why would you take your family down to Gear, if you think that they don't fear God there, why would you go there? Why didn't you just stay right where you were up on the side of the mountain? Number two, what are you doing? Uh, uh, why are you doing there? Uh, what are you doing there? It's going to cost you. Uh, the Lord's going to, what is that? What in the world did I write there? Oh, what you're doing there is going to cost you uh, what the Lord has given you. And a lot of times we don't get it. We think that, oh, man, I can do whatever I want to do. And I can get by with what I want to do. And you can't do it. It'll cost you. Uh, somewhere down the road, Abraham's going to pay for that again. And uh, people say, oh, well, I don't think he will. Yeah, he will. And the Lord will forgive all kinds of stuff. But uh, there, the Lord intervened into Abimelech's life and, and stopped that whole problem from progressing any further than what it was. Lot chose the wrong thing, and it cost him his whole family and livelihood. Uh, you, you, can, you can make the wrong exact choice, and Abraham did the same thing here. But Abraham never asked Lot uh, what to do after the conversation he had with him. Never talked to him. Uh, he never asked the Lord what to do uh, concerning the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot and Abraham never talked ever again, but Abraham knew what went on there. Uh, his decisions had a detrimental effect on Abimelech. Abimelech probably never trusted Abraham ever again uh, because of that. And I'm sure I've done things before that people have lack of trust in me. Uh, what I try to do is when somebody fails, I try to realize that they're all human. We're all human. And unless, if somebody really wants to get right, let them get right. I mean, I don't have a problem with them getting right. And actually, matter of fact, trust them. You can trust them. I would rather trust somebody who's failed and got back up and a righteous man falls seven times. Do we eliminate the righteous? No, man. The Lord calls him a righteous man. The righteous man fell seven times, falls seven times, and get back up. I would trust him. You say, why? Because he got back up and he's still trying, but he's still human. You got to trust him. You just got to trust him. You got to watch what's going on sometimes. Maybe you don't put so much on him or, or you don't help him get into a place where it can happen again, but you got to watch that stuff. 
Uh, his decision had an effect on Abimelech. His decision had an effect on his wife. Uh, I don't know what Sarah was thinking there, that she was obeying her husband or what. Uh, but for, for him to say, Sarah, you go until uh, he goes down, Pharaoh takes her. And he goes, oh, just tell him you're my, you're my uh, sister. <laughs> I'm like, well, like, what are, you, what are you saying about your wife? You care about your stinking flesh and you don't care about your wife? And then you, you go, Lord, get you out of that thing. And then you do the exact same thing right here with Abimelech again. I mean, why would you even go there? I just, I, the whole thing never made no sense to me at all. His decision could affect all mankind. This is what bothered me more than anything. Sarah is going to have a son named Isaac. And Isaac's going to have a son named Jacob. Jacob's going to have 12 sons. And out of that 12 sons, it's going to come Judah. And down the line of Judah is going to come David. David and Bathsheba is going to get together. And they're going to have a couple sons. And Solomon and Nathan. And out of Nathan, the bloodline goes down to Mary. And out of Solomon, the bloodline goes down to Joseph. Joseph couldn't be the father of of Jesus because at Keniah, Keniah was in Joseph's bloodline and the Lord took, uh, it was Jeconiah, took his name off. He said, nobody will ever stand on the throne from your seat ever again. Nobody will ever sit there. So that eliminated uh, Solomon's bloodline. Isn't it amazing that Bathsheba had four sons and the emphasis went to Solomon all the time. It's like the Lord sitting there putting the emphasis on something and the devil went right down that line. And you think, well, he's going to destroy this line. And the Lord's like over here on a sleight of hand. You ever played that little game or seen that little game with the little nutshells and a pea? He's like, which one? And he gets you thinking, and you think, oh, it's this one. No, it's that one over there. Oh, no, it's this one. No, it's that one over here. It's a sleight of hand. The Lord does that all through the Bible. He's, he's got full control of exactly what he's going to do, and nobody's going to stop him from doing it. And uh, it just amazes me. As the more I read through that Bible, I said, Lord, I can trust you. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna, your hands are a lot quicker than mine, and I'm just going to trust you, just you. I said, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm learning to slow down and back up and just sit down and shut up. Uh, Y'all probably wish I'd do that Sunday morning a little bit more. But I'm, I'm like, shut up, man. Just shut up. Let people do what they have to Back away from their lives. Let them stand or fall. And then help them. That's what you do with a baby. You take a baby and they stand or fall. They stand or fall. They stand or fall. <laughs> I'll say it again. If Sunday morning, Sunday school and Sunday, Sunday morning service and Sunday night and Wednesday night is all you ever get all week long, you're anemic. You, you won't make it. You're going to, you're, the world will always, so you give the Lord four hours of your life. And uh, I had a guy get mad at me one time because he was telling me some stuff. And uh, I looked at him and said, wait a second. I think there's 168 hours in a week. Uh, if, if I could be wrong, but it's like 168, something like that. And I said, so, so one hour of that 168 is going to be a detriment to someone in your family? I said, what do you do with the other 167? And you know, that's, that's a big thing. What do you do with 167 hours? 167 hours is a lot of time. One hour a week is not going to affect that 167 hours. Now, if you got 80 and 80, 160, that's, let's say 80 and 80, 168, 84 hours. If you're 84 hours in front of the boob tube and you're 84 hours in front of your Bible, uh, you might be gaining some ground. But if you're not, if you're going to watch TV for two hours, you ought to watch, read your Bible for two hours or do something spiritual for two hours, something to, to counterbalance that thing. Because if you don't, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. And you'll always be in the rears on that thing. And you'll never be able to make the right decision. Uh, Abraham didn't have a Bible. Abraham did what was right in his own eyes, and he did what he thought the Lord wanted him to do. But the Bible wasn't written yet. Abraham didn't have a hold of a copy of the Bible. We got one. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. You got a book sitting in your hand that's the Word of God, and you know, and if you know it's the Word of God, 
and it just sits there and you don't do nothing with it, it can't help you. My mom, I learned more stuff from her. She goes to the doctor. The doctor says, Mrs. Uh, Clarkson, you have a kidney, kidney infection. Okay. They'll give her a bottle of pills. She won't take them. Well, then she'll go to the doctor again. And they'll give her something. Else. They'll say, oh, you got this problem. Take these. And she'll say, I ain't going to take So then she starts reading about them. The worst thing you ever do is read about a pill. I mean, if you're going to trust the doctor to tell you to take, take the pill, just take the pill. Uh, and if you die, you go to heaven anyways if you're saved. So, but, but I'm sitting there going, she's probably got a whole stack of pills she'll never take in a million years. She just flushes them down the toilet. And then she makes everybody else have to take them because your water system, oh, you don't even go there with me. Do you know, <laughs> oh, it gets crazy. I mean, it, but she won't do what anybody tells her to do. So what good in the world is it going to do? You can't, you can't read the wrong things. You got to read the right things. You got to do the right things. Uh, Abraham, Abraham, uh, he sits here in verse 13. He says, and it came to pass. When God called, he's trying to justify it. When God calls me to wonder, God never told you to wonder. He told you to leave over the Chaldees and go to the land of Canaan. He told you exactly what to do. And he watched you all the way down there. He never told you to go to Gerar. And he never told you to go down to Egypt to Pharaoh. When God calls me to wonder, now you're scared he's going to kill you from my father's house. Why? There's more godliness in Abimelech at this moment than in Abraham. But Abraham doesn't see it. His little light's out from my father's house. That I said unto her, this is the kindness that thou wilt show unto me. Man, if I told Beth that, she would smack me. At every place whither, shall, uh, whither we shall come, say unto me, uh, say of me, he is my brother. I like Abimelech. I'm going to be finished with the chapter in just a second. We're going to start quitting at, at 10.50 so we can have a, a few minutes break. And we need to start trying to get in here at 10, uh, 11 o'clock on the button because we're getting visitors. A lot of visitors come in and more and more every day. And uh, I just, we don't want our visitors to look at everybody malingering all over the place. So even at the door out here at 11 o'clock, uh, just come on in and, and uh, we'll be done. And if people come in late, they'll just have to, they'll either they'll stand outside the door and look at it like, how do you open that thing? <laughs> or they'll go around the back door and look at it and say, well, how do you open that thing? You got to let them learn how to open the door, brother. Anyways. Uh, God did not cause Abraham to wonder. God told Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and he took half his family with him. Lot may have still been in Ur of the Chaldees. Here are little notes I put down there. Lot, uh, Ur of the Chaldees, if Abraham had uh, done what the Lord had told him, Lot may have never had the problem he had. Abraham wasn't supposed to take Lot with him, but he did. Uh, why would you ask your wife to, to lie to everybody for you anyways? And I put this last lesson. Last I love that R.G. Lee message, payday someday. It'll come back on you. It's going to cost you sometimes. It's going to cost you. Verse 14. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants, maid servants, women servants, and gave them to Abraham. He didn't have to. He wasn't in the wrong. And restored him, Sarah, his, uh, restored him, Sarah, his wife. Abimelech starts going into a diatribe here that I thought is phenomenal. I just loved it. Uh, every time I read it, I like it. Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. He was giving him a free reign. Number one, he knows he's God's man. He, he's a prophet. He knows the Lord loves him. Uh, but he also knows that he blew it. Unto Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given thy brother, not thy husband, thy brother. You call him your brother? I'm going to call him your brother. It's like a stab right in her little heart. A, you lied. You lied, Sarah. But I'm not going to call you a liar. I'm going to say, I've given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver 
behold, he is to thee a covering. And she needed a covering because apparently Abraham wasn't. And Abimelech's just kind of cutting her there. I think he's doing that. Unto all that are with thee and with, with all others, they'll see that. And thus she was reproved. That is a negative statement. He reproved her for what she did to him. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech. Now, Jonah or Job prayed too, but Job, Job never was in the place where Abraham was. Job was the, the victim, and his three friends were messing him up, and the Lord told Job to pray. But in this case, Abraham was uh, prayed for him, and, and the Lord healed uh, Abimelech. Abimelech never did anything wrong. And his wife and his maidservants, and they that bear children. For the Lord had, closed, had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech, uh, because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Abraham and Sarah was in, uh, was in on the deception. Both of them was. It wasn't just one. It was both of them. Uh, they came down to deceive uh, the people of that land. They should not even have been there. If you can't go in truthfully, just don't even go. I hate it when somebody comes in. Uh, you can always see people. They'll come to church sometimes, and, and I'll watch them. And they'll come in. We had a guy in here one time. He stole all of our instruments. And he come in, he got up here, and he goes, oh, I'm from a church out in California, I'm this. And he was pretty faithful for quite a while, but there's something wrong about him. And the Lord blessed that thing. But anyways, he, he stayed in one of the rooms one night after everybody locked up. And then he came in here and took all the instruments, took them out back, and then took them to a pawn shop. And a police officer uh, traced one of the trumpets down, or the, the horns down. And we went, and they had a picture. The pawn shop had a picture, uh, had a video of that thing. And, and you can see the guys selling all of our stuff to him. I asked the guy, I said, why do y'all take videos of what the police makes us? But they take videos in such a way that the police can't search through the databases to find the stuff. It's all, it's all a big old cahoots. It just so happened that when I gave the police a certain thing, he looked and he found that certain thing in a pawn shop. We went and there it was. It was just a total accident, but that's the Lord. Uh, Abimelech reproved Sarah on, for her part of what she did wrong. Uh, in the sight of everybody, it's why I like Abimelech. Bimelech was not guilty, although the Lord told him what to do, and he did what the Lord told him to do. In the sight of everyone, Abimelech covers the sin of Abraham. Abimelech makes the offering. Somebody's got to make the offering. Abraham's not going to do it. Abraham never says he's sorry. Abraham never says nothing. He lied to Abimelech and makes it look like it was him. He made it look like it was my fault, his fault, Abimelech's fault. But fortunately, God records that whole story right here for us. And when we read this story, we see exactly what happened. Abimelech did right. Abraham did wrong. And the Lord says, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? Uh, God records it here for us. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from all appearances of evil. You know what Abimelech was doing? He was abstaining from all appearances of evil. He took care of the problem. He, he made sure that he looked clean. That everybody around him knew look, it was all taken care of and it was above boards and the thing was done in the eyes of God. He did the right thing. Uh, Abraham walks away from this thing and never did do the right thing. Uh, chapter, if you go back to Genesis, I got two minutes. Brother, it's so easy. It is so easy. This, the old man, Abraham just reflected the old man right there so easy. The old man is so easy to get get on the wrong track. Uh, and we, oh, and, and here's, here's, I'll tell you what, if you always try to blame somebody else, uh, you're probably the problem. Uh, when, when I hear people all the time, well, it's so-and-so's fault, it's so-and-so's fault, it's so-and-so's fault, it's so-and-so's fault. No, it's not so-and-so's fault. It's, it's your problem. You're probably the problem. You're probably the problem. Uh, I've had preachers tell me, because I always take the blame for everything. 
And I had preachers tell me, oh, Mike, you're not always the problem. Yeah, I'm always the problem. If I'm even involved in it, I have a part, so i got to be the problem. I'm just going to take the whole problem. The sooner you take the whole problem, uh, I've done that for 42 years. I found out that things just blow over real quick. You get it under the blood, you move on. Uh, and if you got to take a spanking, you take a spanking, you just get up and go on. Uh, and you say, why? Because the best thing to do is just own up to it. Uh, and if, if nobody else will, you own up to your part and just let God do the, uh, bless the thing. Genesis, Genesis chapter 20, the very last verse there I, I just read. And then we're going to go into, now here's where Satan is trying to do it. And the Lord, uh, for the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Verse, uh, chapter 21, and I'm going to stop right here. And the Lord, uh, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. You can bet money that God's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do, and nobody's going to stop him from doing it. And you are not even going to, I'm, I'm close to being a Calvinist in some cases, not all. <laughs> but I'm telling you, sometimes God has a plan, and he will put, he did not stop Abimelech from doing the wrong thing. He did not stop Abraham and Sarah from lying to Abimelech. But he put enough stuff into the, the, the mix there that Abimelech knew, uh, and he put the fear of God in Abimelech. He knew that if you do this, I'm going to kill you, but he still gave him the free will. You can still do whatever you want. I'm just going to kill you when you do it. And Abimelech goes, okay, I won't do it, I won't do it. It backs up. And the same way here, he protected that bloodline because the Lord sees way down the road somewhere that Jesus Christ is going to come into this thing, that he's going to come into this world and die for my sins. And he goes, I'm going to protect that bloodline. And you can bet if he's going to do that back there, he'll do that today for us right here. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about the Lord. All you have to do is get in this book and say, I am not. You know, if he's, it's just like them songs he was singing. I like them songs. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you keep Jesus right there on the forefront of your mind, you will be perfectly happy. I mean, pretty much all the time. You'll go through trials and tribulations like everybody else, but the happiness will be there. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for Sunday school. Lord, thank you for just all you've done. Uh, Lord, I, I, I still marvel. I was at a Christmas party and yesterday family and, and all the little kids, Lord. Uh, I just remember back in a time when I had all my little kids there and they were that size. And, Lord, now I'm just an old, old person. And, Lord, all these younger people are having kids. And, and Lord, it's, just, it's amazing how life just moves right on. And, Lord, one of these days they're going to be old people. And, uh, and if, if you do not come back soon, uh, some of us are going to be at home with you. Uh, Lord, help us but, uh, not waste the time. Redeem the time that we have left, uh, Lord, that we can be a blessing to this world. And, Lord, help us to uh, abstain from all appearances of evil. And, Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen.